Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Future Length Podcast. I am joined, as always, by Dan. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I was checking my phone real quick. You're good. You're sorry, good. Take, take it from the top, take it from the top. Okay, okay. I wasn't expecting that so soon. No, nope. I know. I switched it up. It's my own fault. I'm sorry. I was debating. I'm like, do I say it for What is the Feature Length Podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Are you talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. Like, I truly... I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God, I could not it sounds so stupid hearing that. <laughs> if you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about uh, movies and TV shows and anything that we really want to talk about because it's our podcast. Um, I am joined, as always, today by Dan. Hey. And Carolina. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you guys? Pretty good. Hanging in there. I'm all right. Same old. Been better, been worse. Yeah, good. (laughs) So today we are talking about, as you can tell from the title, as per usual, uh, The Kid Detective which is a Canadian-made indie film from the year 2020, late 2020, November 2020, November, my birth month. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, so this is a Canadian indie film that is written and directed by Evan Morgan. Uh, If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it's because this, much like our last episode, is a feature directorial debut. Uh, This is his first feature that he has written and directed. He has written a few other things in the past. They've all been shorts, and he's also directed a few other things in the past, and they've been shorts. Um, So this is his debut in that sense. Um, This movie also stars a bunch of other character actors that you would have seen in a bunch of things. I did not pull up a full list on IMDb, but trust me, just watch this movie. You will recognize literally everyone in it. Um, But of course, top of the list, the main star of the movie is Adam Brody, um, who you would know from the OC or Gilmore Girls or Promising Young Woman, which is our episode from last week, uh, and numerous other things. Adam Brody has been in so many, many, many things, uh, and he's fantastic. So just to give a really quick plot synopsis, um, The Kid Detective is basically about this guy who, as a kid, was the town detective, much in the same way that you know one of the kids from The Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew or something like that, just sort of this child detective solving child's like level mysteries i guess scooby-doo would also be sort of a nice like comparable thing um although they were a little bit older but still same idea just sort of like child level mysteries um until one of his friends uh gets kidnapped and goes missing and he tries to solve that case and kind of fails and this kind of haunts him for the rest of his life and then we hard cut to adam brody his character's name is abe applebaum by the way which is just a fantastic name which we'll get into but (laughs) Uh, we cut to him as a 31-year-old man in this small town, and what's he doing? He's still being a detective, uh, just solving the most ridiculous and stupid quote-unquote mysteries um, <laughs> that are just dumb. And everyone thinks he's pathetic and kind of hates him, including his secretary. Uh, yeah, he's just a complete idiot, 
and really bad at what he does until uh, this young lady comes up and she has a case and presents the case to him and it's a murder case and he decides to take the case and plot twist, it turns out this case may actually link to the case the case he could not solve from his past. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's a very dark comedy, um, both very dark and very funny at the same time. And it's a nice little, nice little character study. So normally this is the part where I would turn it over to you guys to get your thoughts, but I, I want to start this time because I did bring the movie to your guys' attention. I have seen this movie once before, you guys haven't. Um, so we'll do sort of like the non-spoilery quick thing first, but just want to say that the first time I saw this movie, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was great. Upon this rewatch, I absolutely love this movie. I think this is one of my faves. I I just think it's like so unbelievably funny, so unbelievably sad. The mystery is really intriguing. It's such a great character study. And it, it has, here's how I would describe it. It has everything I like about indie movies and none of the stuff I don't. Like it has... <laughs> It's really well shot, really well acted. Everyone that's in it, you can tell, is passionate about it. Um, the, the character arc, uh, like everything's fantastic. Um, but when I say none stuff that I don't like, what I'm talking about is like the super pretentious. This is an indie movie, so it's very experimental, and like it's not going to have an ending. And like you, you know, you need to be okay without having resolution. Like none of that bullshit. Like this is a through and through movie that has a beginning, middle, and end. Um, and it just happens to be extremely well-made and Canadian-made, which is cool. Um, yeah, and I think all the performances are great. And I just, I think the mystery is engaging. I think the humor kills me. It's my exact style of humor. It's very deadpan and it's very, like, just pathetic old man, which is, like, my favorite. Um, yeah, so I'll leave it there for now and I will turn it over to you guys. Carol, do you want to go first? Sure, yeah, I'll go first. Um, as Marco alluded to, I just watched this for the first time to record this episode, so about a week ago. I had never heard of it until Marco brought it up. Um, and when I saw that it was released in 2020, I was like, okay, that makes sense as to why. I had never yeah. heard of it. Um, it. Yeah, I guess it was similar to Palm Springs in that way. Immediately, I kind of got the same vibe. That yeah sucks that they missed out because even then i looked up the box office and it was like three hundred thousand or something it was mm -hmm. really sad although since it was canadian made it probably wasn't as expensive but anyway not the point i watched it for the first time um immediately i was like i understand why marco likes this um <laughs> the, <laughs> the movie just gives off marco vibes i yeah. cannot explain it any other way i don't know if it's like and initially when i first started watching it I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, let's see if I can tell why Marco likes this. Um, <laughs> and everything in it seemed made for you. The character reminded me of you. Um, not in <laughs> That's that, like, depressing. Sorry. <laughs> Just like the darkness of him, but not in a bad way. Sure. Um, I, anyway, it was, it was good. I was entertained. I love a mystery. Mm -hmm. um, the mystery got me. Oh, we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, although I will note that the only background actor or like not main character actor who I recognized was his secretary because she's uh, the daughter of the president in Veep. Very good. Uh, I was wondering but if I didn't you were going to. Yeah. Else. Okay. Other than obviously Adam Brody because I don't live under a rock. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I watched it and I enjoyed it, but like I didn't love it. Sure. I'm assuming I'll probably like it more after this conversation as I do with literally everything we've ever talked about. Um, but just my initial opinion, I like I wasn't over the moon about it. It was like entertaining. But I all I despite it being entertaining, I almost also found it like boring at times. Hmm. I don't know. We can discuss more. Yeah, but, we'll discuss uh, in detail. Yeah, my opinion was kind of uh, neutral to good, um, is okay. how I'll put it. Yeah. Dan? Okay. I also, as Marco said, watched this for the first time, um, and I really, really enjoyed the movie. It was, I thought it was great. Um, just my favorite, I mean, besides all the stuff you've you guys have already said, um, my favorite part about it was just like, like taking like a Sherlock character and putting him in the real world and seeing how like pathetic that is as like, yeah. a grown man. Yeah. Like he started doing this as a kid and he's still just like hanging on to this. Um, I loved how it played with the tropes of like noir films and stuff, but I also liked how it was contrasted by like it. Like a lot of it was very colorful or like at least much more colorful of a film than a noir a literal noir film would be right um it has a lot more of a personality than just trying to mimic a noir film but the fact that it was inspired by noir films makes it funnier when it's like contrasted with how sad this man's life is Mm -hmm. um and even just little things like like tracking shots of over like overhead shots of them driving to places it's so like um what's the word like just these minute aspects of a a detective's job yeah um and again just like how that looks as a 30 something year old man who's still scarred by that mystery that he couldn't solve and he's like like forever pursuing the uh the the case um and yeah as you said marco too it's a great character study and often very funny considering how dark the plot gets yeah at, at some points surprisingly dark i wasn't expecting it to go places like that um Ditto. <laughs> but yeah like i said it reminded it's... me of another movie what other movie end. well i don't want to say it'll spoil things wait i think i'm i might know what at the very end i might know what movie like, you're talking wait, about but oh wait i know what you're talking about, about another film okay yeah 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 anyway uh yeah but it like i said it also is often very very funny yeah um so it's all around great. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was a great movie, and I'm happy I watched it. Good. I'm glad you guys both got enjoyment out of it, at least. Sounds like Dan is closer to me than Carol, but that's fine. As I <laughs> as I expected, to your point, this is a very Marco movie, and like yeah. more than even I think you might realize. So I want to tackle, first of all, well, actually, first of all, like let's talk about how this movie was even brought to my attention, which is from two separate sources that I both respect and and enjoy their content um what can i them... guess one yeah red letter media correct yes it Very was good. one of two fun facts on imdb <laughs> really <laughs> was it actually they made it onto imdb so you know how my thing is that i research the, and my research is just getting the fun facts and trivia <laughs> of imdb yeah um, because this is so new and so unpopular there were literally two trivia points and one was that the 
principal photography. No, one was that it had the world premiere at TIFF in September thirteenth, twenty twenty, which is like not a fun trivia nice. fact. It's like in the release date on the front page. You don't need to make it its own separate fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other fact was that it was featured in a red letter media video. The only two <laughs> trivia points that really? they provide. Cool. So. That's why I knew. But so, what was your other? <laughs> that, well, so that intro. wasn't even the first one. The first one was oh. Kevin Smith because I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast where he talks about movies and stuff. Um, and he had Adam Brody and the director of this movie on his podcast. Oh, just kind of out of the blue, and he was like, "He's like," I, and he kind of introed the podcast by saying, "Like I watched this movie and I was fucking blown away." And he's like, "So," and he knows Adam Brody, I guess from they must they worked together and some stuff in the past. So, yeah, he had them on their podcast to talk about the movie. And um, I was like, huh, that's weird. Because, like, he likes everything. Like, he's always like, yeah, I had a good time with this. Like, that, you know, he's he's not a very judgmental person. But to hear him, like... Nice, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to hear him, like, full-on rave about this and, like, go out of his way to get the guys on the podcast and be like, this is my favorite movie of the year, I was like, wow, like, what the hell? And then, like, a week later, Red Letter Media talked about it. And in their review, which they actually kept non-spoiler... But they also were, like, awesome. Like, they loved it. And I was like, that is an interesting crossover point. Like, Kevin Smith and Red Letter Media? Like, what? So, yeah, I I ended up watching the movie. And, um, yeah, it was just a very Marco movie, which I guess makes sense. Um, But, yeah, going back to part of what makes it a Marco movie and also, I guess, the first of the two pillars of this movie, which is just, like, the comedy aspect of it. Like, just the premise is so geared towards me because and dan and i talked about this but like i growing up loved like the like kid mystery stories like i watched a ton of the scooby-doo show i i read like books and books of like the hardy boys like i i I read like everything i could get my hands on from them um nancy drew same idea i was also obviously like dan and i are both into sherlock holmes and like sherlock the character um I know with Dan, it's more like the Benedict Cumberbatch side of it, correct? I've never seen, like, the the Robert Downey Jr. movies, and I've never read, like, the original <laughs> stuff. I've only seen... I've seen it all. Well, Me not too. everything. Just the Robert Downey Juniors and the Benedicts. And I read just, like, some of the adventures. Oh, Me yeah? too. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I've only... I, I think have, like, I've a very seen... cute leather-bound book of it. I don't know where I got it, but it's, like, kind of gorgeous. I have a nice one, too. I'll send a picture when I... Uh, yeah. get back to my parents just remind <laughs> let's me. compare Maybe yeah we we'll have compare. the same one <laughs> um yeah so I, I like growing up like i loved this genre of like just like kids solving mysteries and it it is such like a staple and even in not specifically mystery work but when you watch a lot of just like fiction that has kids in it there's usually like a kid character that is like the smart one or you know it's like such a staple and so just the premise of what about that but now he's like 31 years old and pathetic and just like can't let it go it's just like so funny to me and then the way that they use that like so full disclosure dan and i watched this together on the most recent watch and like a a line that made dan and i i think laugh equally hard is like when he's at the dinner table talking to his dad (laughs) and he's like how many cases have you even solved and he turns on him and he's like i've solved over 200 mysteries and just like (laughs) the use of the word mysteries as a 31 year old man is like so it's just that that is my humor that's like quintessential like my humor just like pathetic um do we it's so good Real quick, do you have like, do you think you could come up with a short list of other Marco type? Like you said, this is such a Marco movie. 
Do you have yeah. any other immediate like things to compare that you could also throw on that list? Like not to put you on the spot, but like for uh, specifically like comedy stuff, because I feel like doesn't matter. Just anything that you might call a Marco movie, like okay. this. Fair enough. Um, I think. Hmm. This is very fascinating. Here's <laughs> here's why it's fascinating because there's a lot of stuff that I think has crossover to not just being a Marco movie, but I think is a a Marco movie at the same time. If if that. Makes what do you sense. mean? Like. I would say the Mask of Zorro is a very Marco movie, but also sure. like lots of people like that. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not like. Oh, it doesn't have to be like, something that only you don't like. think that you're. <laughs> okay. You're the only one that likes it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes, I would say like Mask of Zorro is a very Marco movie. I would say, um, I would say even the Princess Bride is a very Marco movie. Like that, that's top of mind right now. But also like, the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, this is this is a very a very me piece of work. Um, I would also like to, to talk about kind of the humor in this though and why like it very much is like curb your enthusiasm <laughs> humor of just like a pathetic person um which it's the mundaneness like, i feel bad that's that fun. we just keep saying oh this man's so pathetic his whole he is. life well that's is kind of the point though like i know that's why that's it's so what, funny that's the that's the <laughs> funniness of it and that's like i think anytime you tell a story where someone's pathetic like I laugh so hard at that. Like, that's my favorite. That's part of why I like my cousin Vinny. But I would say even, like, <laughs> even like the 40-year-old virgin, I think, is funny. Like, Steve Carell is just so pathetic in that movie that it, like... It, I haven't it, seen I that movie in so long. Me too, I feel but... like I, that's even The Office's whole thing. Yeah. Totally, sure, yeah. Totally. So oh, my God, yeah. Pathetic. Totally. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. So, like, all that stuff was, I think, very quintessential uh, Marco stuff in terms of... Yeah, it's humor. What you find content funny. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, what it, What are some of your guys' standout, like, comedic moments of this? Okay. Do you want to go first, Carol, or do you need I'm a minute? I'm looking through my list. Oh, <laughs> this is, like, very teenage boy humor, but it really caught me. And I don't even know who said it, but I just have, like, the quote back and forth. Someone says, this guy has no idea what he's doing. Oh, it's when they go to interview the dead guy's, like, friend who works yeah. in a kitchen or something. And he goes, this guy has no idea what he's doing. And Adam Brody's professional detective response is, yeah, well, your dad is gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he investigated his dad, like, the week before, which was also just a hilarious, like, tie-in that it just happened to be his house yeah yeah and also that's when i started wondering i was trying to place for like the first half an hour of this movie i was trying to place what year it takes place in Mm. and it turns out it's just like modern day um but it's so weird because the town is so like out of time it's like gotham city in a way like it's Mm. it doesn't belong in the year that it's in uh even like the guy that comes out of the the restaurant like you said carol he's wearing like a 19 like he looks like he's out of the 1950s with his apron for some reason i was reason. gonna say all of the flashbacks especially gave me 50s vibes but yeah. obviously if it's set in the present day it wasn't the 50s but i think because it was such a small town i think it's just small town specifically yeah and the, like the ice cream parlor and earlier yeah yeah the, sweet the fact shop. that there is like this cute ice cream parlor sweet shop that alone makes me think 50s it also gave me very gilmore girls vibes and also like obviously adam yeah. brody being there influences that but yeah just like I mean, very being, different character very different but, but very. like 
there being was Adam nice Brody like a mainstay on Gilmore Girls? I wish. Oh no. boy, do I it wish! Been so much better if he was, Dan. <laughs> what was, was he? Just like a guest stole part? him and ruined everything. Um, he was in like a season. He had an arc with. And he was oh. the best character on the whole show. I love ever. him. You remember Damn. Lane? You, you yeah. saw the first few episodes. You remember Lane? Rory's best friend. Oh yes. Yeah. The crazy mother. Yeah, like he. They like start to have a relationship, basically. But he's like the best character. Like he was so good, and then they had to write him off the show because yeah, he started working on the OC full time. Oh. And then everything that happens with Lane after that, eh, not everything, but like long term, what happens with Lane after that is just Most not very satisfying. Yeah, so it, it it sucked when when they got rid of him. But I wouldn't have guessed just from those first few episodes that Lane had like an extensive oh, yeah. arc. Oh yeah, she's she's one of the she's one of the main ones. Yep. Oh. Other jokes? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like the the very subtle joke of like you get free ice cream for life, and then like he's he's literally still going there to get free ice cream, and like even he's ashamed of it. He's like, yeah, thanks, and then he just leaves. Uh. Uh, one of my favorite jokes, I think, is when they're being tailed. And it turns out that it's his parents just, oh, like, yeah. checking up on him because he's, like, they're worried about him. And that's also, like, what we were talking about, playing with the tropes of a detective movie. Like, yeah. there there's this scene where you're being tailed and you think it's something tied to the case. And it's just, his parents are just so worried about how pathetic he is that that was funny. So good. Oh, also, speaking of, like, random actors in this, his mom is the mom from the Santa Claus movies. <laughs> so we should just point right. that out. Oh, I did not get that connection. His yeah. dad looked familiar too. Yeah, I they all sort of do. I, I don't know where he's from, but I, the mom well, is definitely from the Santa right. Claus movies. So I have to, another I to like subtle running joke that I really appreciated was one of his mysteries as a kid involved someone being blamed for something or not being blamed for something because he was allergic to peanuts and ended up being yes. like Clive. And then later on, I guess Clive is part of this gang in the bar. And they're, when, normally you get patted down before you go into a back room for like weapons. But this time he had to get rid of his peanut like candy bar. <laughs> and like there were no peanut signs everywhere because that was like a threat. Yeah, I love that because so again, that is like very classic like detective noir thing of like you have to get like patted down before you see the boss <laughs> even like batman begins does it when like bruce goes to see falcon <laughs> yeah. so like yeah yeah i love that i thought that was a great little joke and also to your point like and this is partly i think because it's an indie movie and like one person's vision who actually just like sat down and wrote a thing um but there's so many great setup payoffs in this like mm. both with the plot and the humor um and they all work really really well um and that's always like ah oh, that's so great when you can integrate that into humor like with the peanut joke it just it makes everything so satisfying i feel like instead of just having like random that's the other thing i should say is to your point dan obviously this movie does take place in the modern day but it is very timeless like i feel like even the humor in it is timeless and that is hard yeah, to say sure. considering it came out like two years ago but i would think in like 15 years you could go back and watch this movie and still find it hilarious cuz none of the humor is it's all like self-contained to the story yeah well like even when i when we first started it like when you're going through the montage of his childhood life yeah it felt like in the best way it felt like i was watching like a 90s movie or something yeah exactly yeah. they so nailed that, was... that vibe 
they nail the vibe of yeah. like yeah that era it's it's really good and also just an extension of that pat down scene when he he does see the guy he's like we need to talk about like this case and he's like no and then he walks <laughs> out he's like okay <laughs> Because that's, that's when great. he was he was on the what the ego booster drugs or whatever, and that's like yeah. when they they ran out. So that was really funny. <laughs> Speaking of the ego boosters, uh, I need to touch on like he he goes to see the the kids on the stoop as he calls them, <laughs> <laughs> who are just these kids standing like sitting on like a whatever I don't even know what it is, but they're it's just so like, funny the, to no see what are the, the stoop they call it, right? <laughs> yeah, well he calls it the stoop, but it's not actually a stoop. It's just like. I don't know. It's just like, these like, are just it's like, actually a parking divider. Yeah, they're just like a parking divider. So they're just hanging out there. Yeah, he goes to them. He's like, "What are these drugs?" They tell him, "Okay, like you have to go to this guy." He goes to that guy. <laughs> it was a lie. And I just love when he comes back and he angrily walks up to the kid and like instead of doing something cool and badass like grabbing him and checking him down, he just like fucking smacks him across the face. Like just open hand palms him across the face. It's so funny. again, I- fully grown adult. Yeah, slapping this kid, and then he like ho- he holds him up against the fence like Batman, but it's like he's trying to be cool, but it's just not. Yeah, so, but then he like throws him into a bush, but as he's throwing him, he falls over because he's like so yeah. weak. Oh my god, it's great. That that is a that's another really funny moment for me in all of this that I love. Um, I had another one on the tip of my tongue, but I lost it for a second. I like the running joke um, of like. Oh, you, you don't know how many times I was like in a closet and like you would I would think I got away with it and then I would sneeze and like that coming back with him as an adult and like being in this girl's closet. Oh, and I just love so dark. I love like cuz it's such a prolonged sequence and at the end of it he just sneezes and it's a hard cut to him in the police station <laughs> yeah. and it's so funny. It's so and then, good. And it comes back again at the end when he's under the bed and yeah. the principal's like I know you're in the closet, Abe. He's like, no, I'm, I'm actually under the bed. <laughs> yeah. And I love in that scene how, like, he hears the principal come in, who you don't know is the principal at the time, but he hears someone come in, and he, like, goes to look like he's going to go in the closet, and then he thinks about it, and he's like, no, I'm not going to go in the closet this time. And then he goes <laughs> under the bed, and he still just gets caught, because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to... Sorry, I lost the one that... I, I had another scene or moment that I was going to talk about, but it's, no it'll come back to me later. It'll come back to you. It'll come back to you. Um, so, I mean, we can, in between everything, sort of talk about the comedic stuff as it comes up. But um, I would like to get your guys' thoughts on sort of the plot and, I guess, even to some degree, Abe's character arc in this. Like, how did you guys feel about it? Did you guys enjoy it? What were your overall thoughts regarding Oh, I remembered show? what it was. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Sorry. No, perfect. It's just the go fact that he's always mistaking the the days of the week. Yes. Yeah, he literally <laughs> never knows what day of the week it is. Yeah, that was very good. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what did you guys think of the mystery? So, I didn't expect this to be as dark as it was, because as we mentioned when it started... It was very, like, 90s movie, cheery little town, kid detective. And, like, I knew it was about him as a grown-up and that that was going to be, like, inherently pathetic. Sorry to any, like, (laughs) detectives. Um, But (laughs) not saying, like, all detectives are pathetic. Don't come out to me. You're alienating (laughs) all 20 of the the world's private detectives. If you call yourself, like, a private detective, 
Like, come on. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you must know. People you hire them know. for stuff. No, I know. But, like, I don't know. Come on. But anyway, um, detective slander aside, um, as it was mentioned by both of my co-hosts already, it was it's a really interesting character study because you watch him thrive as a kid and immediately uh i was like oh this man's gonna be so depressed as an adult it was literally like gifted kid syndrome like to the max i was like oh no i've lived this i know where he is right now (laughs) that's fucking brutal uh maybe that's why i didn't like it i was like too real (laughs) but except i have no uh lifelong crime to solve um but yeah so like (laughs) watching that progression yeah, mis- yeah, well, mystery, mystery, but really a crime, let's be honest, yeah, Once, now yeah. that we know what it is. Um, but yeah, I was surprised at how how dark it was, because there's a lot of, like, mm. just casual mentioning of, like, yeah, the mayor hung himself because his daughter disappeared, <laughs> and, like, there's literally, like, I mean, we're going to have to spoil it eventually, so I'm just going to yeah, say no, it. Yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. But I'm, just, like, I'm also laughing, because that's when he also, he's like, he also founded the Potato Festival before he hung himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, like, having the main crime be, like, kidnapping and rape. Yeah. And, like, drop, like having a child with her. And so the movie we were alluding to before is that the end was essentially, like, the room. Like, that was the crime that happened. You mean room. Um, oh, right. Sorry. I always mix the two up. I never know which is which. Not the horrible movie. The very dark the Oscar movie with Brie Larson movie. Yeah. and Jake, Jacob Tremblay, obviously. Yeah. Can you imagine if they just hard cut to, like, uh, the room style film? <laughs> that would be wild. Um, I mean, that was also that was an indie movie. <laughs> that technically is an indie movie. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was something that the whole time I was like, I can't believe it's this dark. And obviously I was, like, laughing alongside it all throughout, but... I was like, damn, they really went there and, like, had it involve some of the most heinous crimes that this child was trying to solve. Yeah, see, so, talking about the darkness a little bit, um, and this is something, obviously, it's like knowing where it was going, watching it this time around, I was trying to pay a bit more attention to, like, oh, how, because I remember still enjoying it, and I was like, how do they do that? And it really is, like, I think so well not just written but i also think edited like it's one thing to have it on paper but it's another thing to actually sit there and put the movie together and yeah the way they very subtly like drop these moments of darkness throughout the movie so that way when you get to the ending i mean it feels dark but it doesn't feel like out of place it's more just like oof that's heavy because yeah there have been so many of these like moments and then but there's such great comedy around them that it doesn't like sit with you too much so like whether it's yeah the mayor hanging himself but obviously again that becomes a joke because like the daughter becomes this like goth chick who just fucking has raves at the office after hours i guess um and like a a lot of that stuff but even that's not the mayor's daughter yeah it is isn't it the mayor's daughter was kidnapped no but i thought was the new mayor maybe no because the mayor's daughter was his secretary when he was a kid right yeah but then she was kidnapped is that the same girl she was the one in room (laughs) oh gotcha gotcha okay sorry then the new one sorry sorry but i mean you could still be right because it's probably hasn't been the same because the mayor kills himself so it's a different mayor right 
Sure. Yeah. But do maybe we know if, if the new mayor's daughter is again? See, that's probably where I'm confused because maybe it, I think it might be, and I think that mm. maybe where I can. That's kind of funny, actually. Okay. He, that he makes always more employs sense. a mayor's daughter. The mayor's daughter, yeah, <laughs> but the mayor's daughter in this case is like a fully grown woman. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. Well, he can't have a child working for him now. No, but like the whole thing, <laughs> the whole facade of it is like so. Yeah, stupid. yeah. Like it's so dumb. Um, but yeah, just the way. But even like watching it back. Like, the very first scene of the movie is the girl getting kidnapped. Yeah. I was just going to say that. So I think, like, that the darkness that it goes to in the end isn't... Uh, it's definitely not out of nowhere, yeah. like you said. It, it, you know from the beginning, even if you kind of forget along the way because of the humor parts, it's in your mind that, like, it started there, so it's got to get back there eventually, right? So Yes. It, it just it does a really good job of that exact thing, of, like hey, like, most of this is going to be funny, but don't forget, like, we have the capability to go here. And then when we do go all the way there, yeah, it doesn't feel completely out of place. Um, did you guys, like, in terms of it being a mystery, did you guys see the twist coming at all? I didn't. The only thing I suspected, which isn't really predicting the twist, but when Caroline was, like, saying she lived with her grandparents and, yeah. like was describing that both of her parents died in a skiing accident and then you saw the photos i was like okay caroline does not live with her grandparents and the whole story about her parents is bullshit obviously i never (laughs) guessed it was the horrible love child of like this principal molester but yeah but i did know something was up with her and that she was lying about her her past and her family but i didn't know why i was like did she kidnap the kid she wouldn't have been alive how is she involved in that yeah but i'm just i'm often really i'm late to pick up on that sort of stuff so even that i didn't really question it for really? me that was you just thought that her parents her. were both professional i thought that was just like a character well i mean i didn't think too much about the skiing thing i just i thought her having (laughs) dead parents was like a character building thing Mm, and that's all it was i just didn't look into it any more than that uh so i definitely didn't see it coming that the that first of all the principal was the rapist slash uh abductor totally got me and that she was the daughter of the and the child that went missing yeah i um also didn't see it coming although yeah like with carol i think that scene with caroline um the first time i saw it i was kind of like okay that's kind of weird but then we move on from it so i just was sort of like whatever i don't know like who cares um which is dumb because this is a mystery movie and so like i should have been like maybe that's a clue but instead i was like fuck it nah (laughs) yeah but i did totally did not see that it was the principal even up into him being under the bed and the guy walking in the room yeah i was like i was like who is that i, I, I was like know. who is this yeah and then obviously it ends up being the principal and i was like oh, and it's cool especially since we only meet so many grown men there were so many options that even when i saw the shoes i was still like i have no idea yeah yeah, yeah exactly. i definitely thought i thought it was gonna be the ice cream guy just because there's a shot of him early in the movie that makes him look mm. really suspicious um <laughs> but it's cool that like like you said when he's in the house and we don't know who is whose house it is yet but he clearly does yeah. That's cool retroactively looking back that, like, when he entered the house, he had a true suspicion on this guy that we didn't know about yet. So that makes the reveal that much more, like, whoa, that, totally. like, where did this come from? Totally. I think, and that's also, like, just cool filmmaking, I think, because, yeah, like, you're you're one step behind the protagonist, but you're, you're like, trying to catch up. So it adds that level of, like, intensity almost to the scene where you're like, oh, my God, what, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, this is crazy. Um... 
and also though it does again retroactively because when he's trying to break into the house he like checks the window checks the door everything's locked so then he just smashes the basement window yeah and i remember the first time watching it i was like okay fucking abe like that's not cool like i know you're a detective but yeah abe obviously really confident exactly he, he like knew at that point he had figured it out so that makes sense actually yeah. i am looking through my notes and i guess i did uh guess it a second before it happened and i don't even have a recollection of it because my notes say rory beans didn't steal the fundraiser money omg was it the principal whose house is he at they have the naked tiger photo ah it is the principal so i got it <laughs> you did at get some it. point before the reveal but not Good much for you. before <laughs> Speaking of Rory Beans, though, that is another great setup and payoff that, like, Abe goes to this bar and Rory's always beating the shit out of him. And he's like, yeah, it's because I fucking <laughs> caught him red-handed. And it takes the bartender being like, dude, he didn't it's do it. He didn't do it, yeah. He, like, you ruined That's his great. life. That's great because, one, it's just an, it's yet another example of how, like, like pathetic his judgment was back in the day. And he's still hanging on to that judgment in his yeah. job today and his character today. And also, it's the, it moves the plot forward of like, oh, if I have to rethink that, I have to rethink my whole way of doing things, and that's what leads him to the principal's house in the end, right? Yes, and and yeah. like, and this goes to I think my larger thing that I love about the character study part of this, which is to what Carol said, sort of at the beginning of the discussion, um, is that at like surface level, throughout the majority of the movie, it is just about basically a burnt out gifted kid which i think to some degree like all three of us not that any of us are necessarily like gifted quote unquote but like (laughs) we all did really really well in high school and then we got to university and we were like our lives fucking suck and now we're just adults that have a podcast so like you know maybe (laughs) we're doing great yeah like i think we all can relate to that a little bit um and just that like in and of itself was yeah part of the fun for me of like haha like he's this burnt out gifted kid like i get that feeling um but also okay i think also that's like partially why he reminded me of you yeah because he's like actually like sad sure sure but um um yeah like and so watching it pretty early on sort of like when he's getting the ice cream and he's like poor and whatever i was like okay like i get it like he's kind of like out of the game and he's gonna get this new mystery and he's probably gonna solve his own his like old case and then he's gonna like feel good about himself again and it's just gonna be a very traditional kind of arc but what i love about the arc is that it turns out that not only like was he not not only does he not get to become like a sick detective again necessarily it's more like he has to realize that he was never a sick detective because like basically his biggest success in life was a setup yeah for the sake of being able to commit the crime and that's what i love about the ending that i think is so cool is that the whole ending is sort of like we see everything that we see from the beginning of the movie but we see the version of it that he would want where like his office is full of people and like his secretary has so much respect for him now and his parents have so much respect for him and like his house isn't a mess and yet the last shot of the (laughs) movie he hired a cleaning lady (laughs) he hired a cleaning lady and he has money and yet the last shot of the movie is him just like crying uncontrollably crying on the couch and his parents are like what the hell is wrong with you and it's like like only he knows that he's a fraud at this point but in like learning that he's a fraud and like accepting that he also is given everything that he would want prior and so it's like this like really cool dramatic irony of like 
oh, you don't even, like, I don't deserve this. Like, I, I've come to the conclusion that I don't deserve this, and now I'm getting all of this. And, like, yeah, I think that is such a fun little twist to have it not just be the regular character arc of he's going to solve it and then feel better about himself and then his life's going to be great. It's like, nope, actually, that's not true. Actually, he was always just kind of decently smart, and he was never, like, anything overly special, and he just has to, like, come to terms with that. I think that's very a very interesting way to end the movie well yeah like i've been thinking a lot about that last shot of him crying Mm. and i think you're definitely right it's like he's just now realizing that all the stuff he did all the mysteries he solved as a kid was like it was almost patronizing yes it was the town almost giving him these like they could have easily gone to the police but they're giving him these chances and he didn't realize how none of them were really like crime worthy except yeah. for the fake stealing of the money and obviously the kidnapping but some of the other ones were like silly yeah so him like solving it was kind of just using logic exactly yeah. exactly they were very like he thought he was like so cool for doing it but they were very very like petty and low yeah. level and stuff so him growing up realizing like actual crimes that need solving and and adjusting to the real world of like crime yeah. Um, was interesting. Well, and I also think it it's so well done with kind of one of the metaphors that's running through this movie is the idea that, like, oh, man, this town, like, it really went to shit, like, since the kidnapping and how, like, everything used to be great, but now as an adult, he's always like, ah, like, look at this place. It's all gone to shit. Everything's a mess. And it's, like, the realization, again, that, like, oh, no, it's just always kind of been this way, but I was just a kid. And, like, yeah. I didn't understand that. And now I'm an adult. Now I've, like, grown up. And that's, like, real life. You don't exactly. realize how yeah. shitty the world is as a kid <laughs> until you grow up and realize it's always been that way, but you just had no idea. Exactly. But he's just looking at it with those, like, rose-colored glasses of, like, I was a detective and, like, everything was great. But, like, yeah, he, he needs to, like, literally his arc in this movie is just to grow up, <laughs> which is, like, it's very good. I, I, I really like that. But also one more thing reflecting on the, the crying shot at the end mm. is... It probably was also partially because the one real crime he solved was so heavy. Like, yeah, this person worked for him. He was close to her. And to find her now completely stunted, locked in this room, like he found her and like, obviously she was afraid of him. Like, that's just like trauma, obviously. Um, so probably just like the weight of that. And because it was like shortly after he told his parents about like another like what news site that picked up the story or something. Yep. So it is probably some like crazy cognitive dissonance to like be so highly praised and revered for this like, like, yeah, it's great. Obviously, he found her better than not, but like for uncovering something so dark. Well, and I also see that's great. That's a great point because I think my first watch versus this watch, I, I had not two different readings of like the ending and him crying but just like focusing on two different aspects which is yeah i definitely did get the sense of oh this is just like his release because like even after solving the case it was like immediately he got all these accolades and everyone loved him and this is just his moment to be like oh my fucking god this is like 20 years of trauma that is finally gone process (laughs) it's done i did it like so that's i think part of it and then yeah i think there is the part of it of but with coming with that is the realization that I'm also a piece of shit at the same time. Or, like, not a piece of shit, but, like, I need to grow up. I need to not be this way anymore. And it's sort of, like, both those things come together. And it's just fucking sad. 
but also like kind of funny watching him cry i don't know why but i think it's just like the way he cries is so visceral and like his parents reaction to it they're like um like are you okay and even just like the editing of it i found was a little bit not comedic but just like i think emblematic of the whole movie of just like yeah it's kind of fucked up but like it's okay like we can laugh at it. he's kind of a pathetic guy and look at him he's like he's got he's drooling and like he's kind of pathetically <laughs> crying right now so well yeah because he like it, it, with what we were just talking about of him realizing how like irresponsible he was not irresponsible irresponsible is the wrong word but how oblivious he was as a kid thinking that he was doing all that he could like in the yeah. world again the world of crime right as he knew it um he must look back now and feel like all those years she was missing like that was that was like his fault not that it we would say it was like we would blame him but he would definitely blame himself for being yeah. so he he put himself onto a high pedestal to think he could do anything other than he was already doing yeah and he grows up realizing like what real detectives do and and that's when he finally is able to find her luckily she's still alive um but yeah like for however many years she was missing how it would have been like decades right because they were he's 30 he's canonically 31 in this movie i looked it up before we started so okay at least like 20 years wow that's crazy yep yeah that is definitely wild um it had to be at least 16 because the daughter was 16 yeah yeah so that oh true yeah I, uh, just talking about sort of, like, the reveal and, like, his, his arc sort of with all this, outside of just the Roy Beans, like, getting beat up and it's like, oh, because that, he didn't take the money. Um, I also like how we set up earlier in the movie, he, like, in his narration of his life, how he's like, oh, like, I could, I could always guess the killer in, like, mystery movies. Like, we'd be watching with my family and I'd always guess it. As if that was, like, and, like, but the way he, it's set up. (laughs) Like, that is something that would be set up in, like, a kid's mystery movie to explain how he's so good at it. And so they treat it seriously, but then I I do, like, that scene, it's a very short scene where he's, like, watching a movie on TV, and he's like, it's the mm-hmm. maid, and then the maid dies. And he's like, huh, that's weird. And then after the Roy Beans thing, he flashes back to him thinking it was the maid, and it's not the maid. And it's like, it all clicks for him, like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, I, I'm not that good at this. And I also just, like... I like how the movie continue, continually shows us that he is not, in fact, that good at what he does, with the exception of, like, very basic stuff. Like, when the kid comes to him and is like, hey, my friend uh, was gone all summer, and he said he played in the NFL. Can you find out if he did? And he's like, how old's your friend? And he's like, 11. And he's like, no, he didn't. Don't worry. <laughs> but <laughs> stuff he still like calls that. the mother out. I know! I to check. <laughs> That's the thing, is, like, he's so dumb. He still calls the mom, and he's like... Hey, he has like, to do his due diligence. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I like when he's talking to the parents of the boy that got stabbed. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, Patrick. Patrick. And and again, Dan, like this is the like Sherlock stuff that I really like, where he's like, what kind of fruit does he like to eat? Like, <laughs> yeah. I have a note about that. <laughs> Peaches. And he's like, what did he eat before he, he died? Apples. He's like, well, apples, they make less of a mess. You don't have to wash them, whatever. <laughs> It was actually bananas. Oh, bananas, bananas. Sorry, sorry. Bana- the, I meant the laziest bananas. fruit, so it meant yes. he was depressed. It meant yeah. he was depressed. <laughs> and yeah, it's like that Sherlockian like deduction 
that really it doesn't mean anything <laughs> yeah it's bullshit you know what that reminds me of is the the phone charger thing where he's like ah i see that your phone is lost <laughs> near yeah. the charger so that must mean he's you're not what <laughs> where the fuck did you get that from i love that and i love though that the dad calls him out on it he's like yeah no my son wasn't depressed he's like how do you know he was cheating he's like oh well uh, his friend told me and he's like okay so you just trust everything that like a 16 year old boy tells you he's like well there was a picture he's like oh so you saw the picture it's like uh no i didn't see the picture and he's like great okay great this is the guy on the case i love it okay so you brought it up and i have some questions yeah about this quote unquote other relationship he was having okay so later on he then talks to the girl girl in the tiger mask whatever her name was of whom patrick has a naked picture Mm -hmm. um and is, you know, the reason he died. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, but were they actually together? I couldn't tell. Because, like, they, he, it was never explicitly asked. She was just like, because, like, I guess she, she, people buy pictures from her on the internet. Like, that's her whole thing. She, probably, yeah. she like, has an OnlyFans type business, I assume. Um, which, like, respect. Go off. We love a sex worker. Um but yeah, I wasn't and then she said like no, like with him it was like different. I I didn't really get what we were supposed to assume their relationship was cuz like he was in a relationship with Caroline, so it would have been cheating. But I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I I don't really know either. I don't think the movie makes it cuz like they could have been friends. Weird that he had a naked picture of her. True. But like, you know, men have their needs better buy it from a sex worker than like maybe ask an unwilling girlfriend to send them you know sure but it doesn't necessarily mean they were in a relationship yeah fair enough that is that is a good point i mean i think it's the movie doesn't end up going out of its way to explain that part yeah of it. no just because like, i know like, it's not super important just like yeah. i personally was curious if you guys had any takes on it nothing nothing stands out to me like either way of like what that is it, it's so like by the end with the twist I'm, i am so like holy yeah. shit what the <laughs> fuck too. happened that i it completely falls to the waist i don't know dan like did you have a take on that one way or another okay so when we first when i was watching it and we find out that the principal has the picture that that his friend was talking about seeing in the first mm-hmm. place yeah I was trying to piece it together, but also pay attention in the moment of, like, these new developments that were being thrown at me. But I guess he must have actually had it because the friend saw it in his locker when he was still alive. So he obviously knew it was there. He must have. And I think, if I remember correctly, the principal said the main reason for killing him is because he didn't want to see his child dating some, like, being mistreated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he thought, I think he thought it was his, or no, he definitely thought it was his daughter in the photos. That's yeah. what he thought. Right? Yeah, he thought yeah, it was so his daughter. Yeah, so he was like, yeah. can't believe oh, okay. I didn't even by this asshole. Yeah. I didn't even get that. I thought, you're probably right, but I thought, I assumed it was like he even, he saw the photo and even if he assumed he was cheating on her, either way, he didn't want her like disrespected in one way or another. So he yeah. killed the guy. Who, who was dating his daughter that's what i that's how i put it together in the end so i, I guess think at one point like adam brody says like you know that's not your daughter right and the principal was kind of like oh really so that's why oh, okay. i assumed it was the other way around but regardless the guy had to die the girl has no either agency, way so <laughs> it was a conscious decision yeah from patrick 
like I was trying to put it together during watching the movie of like did he plant the picture in there but then I was like that's impossible because he knew when he was alive that it was in there yeah and it sucks because like the only actual explanation we have of like potential ongoings between the two is from the best friend who's in love with Caroline yeah so you can't so trust is it real yeah says. exactly yeah like sure oh, was... he was right about the picture but he could have been embellishing about the stories that were shared yeah, you know sure, and so we sure. don't actually know we don't that was also a really funny scene when he's yeah. hiding in the closet of that kid's room and he starts playing like this pong. dated rock music yeah. <laughs> and he's playing pong on his computer like so what good. the hell oh my god that was another like what year is this moment yeah but yeah that's <laughs> true like, i think the little on? sister plays pong for a bit too or something i remember making a note being like it's weird that they both go to like game they're a very gamer family yeah i'm um, talking about the friend though the friend has one of my like favorite comedic moments in all of this <laughs> it's the first time like they go to interview him and he's like He's talking about how, yeah, Patrick was, like, doing stuff with this other girl. And Abe is like, <laughs> like, what exactly? And, like, the friend, oh, yeah. like, looks at Caroline and he's like, like, oh, like, he gives the impression, like, he doesn't want to say it in front of her. So he kind of gets right up close to Patrick and he goes, she she put his hand on his penis. And Abe is like, <laughs> okay, well, that's not too bad. What else? And then he goes, um, she, she put his penis in her mouth. And then Abe just goes, you know, there's, like euphemisms for these things yeah. like you don't need to say that and just like that absolutely killed me oh my god i loved it it was so good again such like a detective noir thing of like oh like there's a lady in the room like we can't we can't get into like the graphic details and the graphic details is just but he also job. whispered really loud and i know right at her so <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny and you know another great setup uh payoff moment is when they do that first interview and he's like, are those cu- cupcakes I smell? Oh my he's God. like, sorry, they're from my sister's class. Can't give any <laughs> away otherwise them. I would. Yeah. And then when he, he comes back in later in the movie, he just like helps himself to one of them. Yeah. And also it's funny because he sets up like the open window thing, which is cool. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. But then when he comes back and enters the window later, it's like the clumsiest looking. Like he, <laughs> he's so like clumsy in doing it he like falls in it's just so unprofessional and it's just really funny such an idiot abe applebaum what a great name like what a perfect name for this character like who names their kid abe anywhere? i know it's short for abraham so yeah like, abe that's um, weird but you remember it well it's just the alliteration of it like it's so yeah it's just such like a funny like 1950s detective noir name yeah, like Abe yeah. Applebaum like it's like yeah it's ridiculous I'm surprised there wasn't a shot of him leaning against a telephone pole with a wanted poster on it uh, like in um, Threat Level Midnight yeah <laughs> this whole, you know what like Threat Level Midnight is kind of like how he perceives himself in this too like I feel yeah. like Abe perceives himself in that way um, god that's such a good episode of The Office it's so good that is my humor. That is 100% my humor. It's just like delusional, <laughs> delusional, pathetic person. I wanted to discuss just the idea of overnighters at yes. school. That What's was that weird. all about? Yeah. What a crazy underground scene that was going on in there. <laughs> that made me think almost like the writer-director 
must have known kids that did that or something because that is so weirdly specific and like why would anyone do that um okay so should we describe what overnighters are sure yeah just in case so this movie presents us with the subculture as it calls it (laughs) (laughs) of overnighters which are kids who go into the school on the weekend and like just hang out there at night just in the dark unlit school it's like a social thing I've never yeah, heard of this before. There are people who like skate and like play sports. Some just like yeah, or just hang out drink. in the halls. Like, it's like... kind of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's very confusing. I- I've never um, ever known anyone that has ever done that or wanted to. Um, I will not give any details, but I know of people who like broke into shut down elementary schools, but not like their own high school that's yeah that's one thing is that, to break yeah. into a school that you used to go to that is closed now yeah give us to, detail like, like, it was still just to like play basketball it was like very yeah. lame but Ooh. like <laughs> tell us we can bleep their names out we've done it like three episodes in a row we bleep people's names out so um well okay so all the bleeps go here but you're editing it anyway so yeah that's a note to myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was primarily, like, the group of, you know, our favorite person, like... Oh, of course. Of course. Like, people, like, went to hang out, like... They literally just played basketball and, like, ran around the gym of nice. the place. It was super Wait. random. What school? I don't even remember. Because, like... I'm pretty sure, like, everyone you named went to different grade schools. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't know if it was anyone's specific grade school, but it was just a shut down one. They just chose one? That they found out how to get into pretty reliably. So they went there. I also love that there was a beep from last week. That's the same bleep from this week. Ooh, a mystery. That's a hint. Ooh, let's see if you can figure it out. Anyone that's listening to these that went to high school with us 100% knows who we're talking <laughs> Absolutely, about, by the way. Yeah. Like, without even, like, even last week when I said it, you guys were like, yeah, that was the person I was thinking yeah. of. Like, there's no well, way, like... After you said it, I was like, oh, it couldn't have been more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's stop our shit talking of, of people we know and uh, talk about the movie again. What else do we want to talk about, guys? Okay, actually, I just have one note that I need to get out. Like okay. A grievance I have to air. Sorry, oh. there's an ambulance noise. I'll pause oh. for a second. Okay. Yeah, I, I usually still hear it in the edit. Um, oh. I listen really loud. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm very nitpicky about background noises. I find I have a lot. But anyway, um, the one scene after he gets, like, really, really high, like, I think he's, like, snorting the eagle boosters at this point, and he's yeah. just, like, totally given up. And he ends <laughs> yeah. up in the dumpster naked yep i i was just thinking about how his penis was touching garbage yeah and i just wanted to vomit i was like i can't like okay like and just being naked in a garbage in general like gross but i think just seeing it i was like your private parts so much dirt so gross it just i couldn't get over it very it was like funny but it was also just like very viscerally disgusting to me to think about also, like, this character's so pathetic, like, 
it should have been full frontal and it should have had a small dick you know like i'm just gonna put that out there that would have been way funnier if you just yeah. had like a micro penis like that oh would have been god stop come it. on it would have been funny look i have a bone to pick which is like <laughs> i am so sick of fake male nudity and stuff of mm-hmm. like just like I, like it'll be like oh like this person's butts in a scene and i'm like okay like who can't like why are we always doing yeah. this like if you're just gonna show a guy's butt you might as well just have him in underwear like it's not funny like it's not funny enough to where it's like <laughs> i would want to see this person's butt either show me their dick or put him in underwear like that's Papa the only wants more dicks in hollywood it's Papa. just like it's the only <laughs> funny thing you can do with guy nudity butts are not funny when a character yeah. runs through a scene and you see their butt and it's like oh you see their butt like we're not six years old. This isn't funny anymore. So like, yeah, yeah it's like that's, we've that's been mooned point. enough. We know what a butt looks Exa- like. It's just it's a just butt. Like not a big deal. So, yeah. Of course, it's it's so it's like, and I think again for a movie like this, it would have been funny to see his dick because he's such a pathetic character. I understand why they didn't because that would have made it yeah. like a really hard R, which it probably was rated R anyway. But like, I don't know. And also, Whatever. I'm sure, like, no matter how hot of an actor you are, it's still uncomfortable to be nude with a bunch of cameras pointed at you. Totally, totally. Yeah. But yeah. what I always think about <laughs> is in scenes like that, like, he did have to be nude anyway, but, like, you just, obviously, like, I know guys get, like, little modesty things, yeah. yeah, to, like, put on their dick, but, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're basically nude in the scene, so. And also, I mean, Carol, we were just talking about Pam and Tommy the other night, but, like, there are multiple scenes in Pam and Tommy where Sebastian Stan is fully nude, but like he just What's hasn't. Pam and Tommy. Uh, it's a show about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Oh, don't worry about it. It's really weird. I don't know why I'm watching it. I'm actually gonna go watch the next episode tonight after this. No good. I don't know why. I don't know why. But there's a there's a scene in it where um Sebastian Stan is nude, but Tommy Lee had a famously really big dick, so. Sebastian Stan has like a prosthetic <laughs> dick that can like move around and talk and like talk <laughs> and you know did you J- say talk yes Jay from Big Mouth do you know that actor he's he like he's been in a lot of stuff I forget the actor's name um he does the voice of the dick and like Sebastian there's one scene where after he's which met- one's Jay from Big Mouth I, I the guy that fucks the pillows Nick Kroll not Nick Kroll not Nick Kroll um, not, not Jason Manzoukas yes him 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 yeah yes. He does the voice of the dick, and there's a scene after after Tommy Lee has met Pam Anderson where he's, like, in his hotel room, and he's naked, and he's just, like, talking to his dick about how he loves Pam Anderson. It's, what it, the fuck? It's a very weird show. I did not show. expect that based on the trailer. I haven't watched any of it, but... <laughs> it is a very weird show. But my huh. point in all this being, they even when guys do full frontal, they give them prosthetic dicks. So, like, yeah. who cares? Like, just put on a prosthetic dick. No one will see your actual dick. You're good. Just... You know, it's fine. But, whatever. Whatever. Weird scene. Seeing his butt in a garbage. And you're right, It is my first thought was also, that's gross. Like, yeah. I, that is horrifying. It was also out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> well, because it didn't, that... like, cut from the partying to, like, him waking up in the garbage naked. Yeah. 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 This movie is spectacularly edited. Like, I know we talked about it. Yeah. Like, from a story perspective, but from a comedy perspective, oh my god. Like, the comedy editing in this is fantastic. Like, there is so many great... Yeah, it's like 21 Jump Street level yes. editing. Just like it's hard funny cuts. you mentioned that. I have a note saying that just, like, this movie in general reminded me of 21 Jump Street. I think 
simply because solving a crime in and around a high school. Yeah. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think a lot of the humor, yeah, is also based in, like, the patheticness and the, like, childlike attitude from a 30-something-year-old. Yes. There there are definitely similar themes uh, in both the movies. So, yeah. Well, and even... Yeah, like, both of them, like you said, Carolyn, like, both of them are high school centered mysteries mm-hmm. mysteries cases <laughs> and and both of them present you with like a modern revamp of what high school life is like like yeah. this one suggests that even though it didn't turn out to be totally true that like the the nerdier kids who do better in school are actually like the ones who are involved in like these drug operations now like to to lay low under the radar or something yeah that felt very 21 jump street-esque of like yeah. reinventing how you think about uh, of subcultures within a high school yeah agreed. agreed for the modern day audience agreed yeah do either of you guys have any topics you'd like to cover about the movie well i just wanted to we've kind of briefly talked about it already but i just i wanted to point out how like well the cinematography was shot yeah just in general i've already mentioned like my favorite uh, one of the things that pops out the most for me are those overhead car shots that really give the movie some like extra personality um but just all around in general it's very it's like you said marco it's an indie movie that doesn't take advantage of being an indie movie and blame its indiness on like well, we didn't really have a budget to make it like look professional or anything. No, it looks professional, and it's it doesn't flake out on the story like at all. It's very engaging. Um, just because it's an indie movie doesn't mean it can't have all of its bases covered like this movie. So, yeah, and that was I think to some degree. I mean, a little behind the scenes here, but like the theme of these three episodes that we're doing, like promising young woman, this and then next week's episode is the idea of like. Yeah, they're all indie movies, but they're all just very well-made, great cast, great acting, great writing, great direction, you know, the whole thing, great cinematography. Um, because I do think, yeah, you're right, like, there are a lot of indie movies that I think use their indiness to, like, be bad. As a, a crutch? Yeah. yeah, it's like a crutch. Um, and I like that these aren't that. Um, I like that these clearly are just from a budget perspective indie like they don't have tons of money behind them but they're still like made with so much artistic integrity and like the people doing it know what they're doing although to a certain degree again both the movies we talked about were writer director debuts so like i mean kind of knew what they were doing but also like big leap of faith um but they both turned out really really well and i'm excited to see i hope this guy like goes on to make more stuff as well so um yeah yeah, well, both of these movies, this one and the last episodes, were, they're indie by definition only, in that, like you said, the budget, and also, like you said, the right, the directors were first-time debut directors. That's, like, really the only thing, because these movies, if they had come out, like, in, like, the 80s or 90s, nothing really would have separated them visually or, or otherwise from just any other mid-budget release yeah and i guess that's what's crazy to think about is like you're totally right like two three decades ago this just we wouldn't have qualified them as indie movies they just would have been just would have been a movie they just would have been but like we don't have just movies anymore like no everything is either an ip or an indie movie basically so like yeah 
Yeah. So, like, because it's not, like, a blockbuster, we kind of categorize it as an indie movie. And, like we said, because of the literal reason that it was made on a fraction of a budget of what some other movies are made on today. Totally. So... And also, it's, you know, Canadian-made, and, like, everything Canadian-made is kind of indie, because nobody really gives a shit oh, about stuff, so. I meant to mention, too, we talked about Room and how similar the ending was to this. It wasn't yeah. that also a Canadian production, and also an indie movie? Ooh, was it? Was it? I, I think the Canadian, or I think the director was Canadian. Nice. Let me double-check on that. Yeah, I was gonna and, say, I have no idea. And I also think it was filmed mostly in Canada. Yeah, that's the thing. Everything that's, like, Canadian-made is automatically indie and no one ever hears of it. But at this point, yeah. like, half of the shit that's filmed is filmed in Vancouver or Toronto. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. Yes. Because um, it's not well, LA or New York, which is just ridiculously priced. So we have hard yeah. knockoffs. <laughs> but for something, to do, for something to qualify as a Canadian production, there has to be a certain number of yeah. aspects that are Canadian. Like, it has to be, for example, like the director the producer and the writer or like the the shooting locations and the writer and the producer or something there yeah. has to be like a percentage that belongs to canada also i do appreciate, otherwise sorry that this was sorry. shot in ontario because like you said carol like a lot of stuff is shot in vancouver and i feel like vancouver mm-hmm. is starting to look very like samey now where i'm like ah this yeah. was shot in vancouver like this was clearly just shot in some random town in ontario which i adds that level of personality to it and also like yeah i don't know where principal photography was in north bay but i don't know if they shot in north bay it wasn't one of the two facts on imdb so. yeah imdb needs to get a handle on their facts <laughs> wait but imdb also says where the shooting locations are oh it does obviously did not look into it that much i actually want to see because i'm curious of what town was used because we were we, like we we're making fun of how outdated the town is and i guess <laughs> remember it it's a real town we should go visit it that exists oh my god let me check real quick um okay ontario is pretty big oh yeah okay so f- it just says filming locations yeah north bay so i guess it was okay. a little like suburban north bay town cool. well that's a far drive for you guys <laughs> god damn it i've been to north bay i just went over the summer so is that check. is that like in the muskoka area or am i completely no off? it's uh quite a bit more north <laughs> oh it's kind of near sudbury if that helps i wouldn't out. have guessed by yeah. the name because i stayed in north bay to be able to attend a trivia night in Sudbury, uh, and it was like a half hour drive. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Nothing like crazy long. Canadian geography for everyone. And geography is not at all my strong suit. Oh, so no, same. Consult yeah. a map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think geography is anyone's strong suit because we stopped learning it in grade nine. nine. There's literally not yeah. another geography class even offered. Well, Unless but like you keep teaching yourself. And also, like, yeah. how much else is there? To, eventually, it's like, all right, you know, you've learned about this where this is you, Canada. This is where also, things are. Also, yeah, but I if need I remember correctly, just to like actually memorize. Fair you know? enough. I feel like yeah, there's still like a bunch of people who don't like think Africa is a country and not a continent. Like, obviously, true. like the education isn't good enough. <laughs> Sure. But I just remember even that geog- that grade 9 geography class that we all took, 
even that had so such little content that the second half of the course was geology. Yes, like, we just started learning about rocks. We did. We learned a about rock different formation. Subject. But it starts with a G, so it's okay. Yeah, it's we can geo. do that. <laughs> All um, the geos. Also, but to your point, Carol, like even the geography we've taken, and like I'll say, like I think Canada. We don't have to talk about the Canadian education system in much detail, but, like, I think Canada does a better job than the United States in terms of, like, trying to expose you to things outside of Canada and not just being, like, learn these very specific Canadian things. Um, Sure. Not an amazing job, but, like, a somewhat better job. But geography absolutely is just all we ever learned is Canadian geography. I could not tell you outside of, like, what I've just learned on my own from being a human being any fucking thing else. Other than, like, these are the provinces, and we colored them in, and that's it. Like, that's all we did for, like, nine years. Uh, yeah. You know what was... The hardest part about that was finding 13 different colored pencils uh, that looked different enough. I know. It's brutal. It's so bad. And you can't use blue, because that's the water. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you often had to do the water. That eliminates an entire color palette. Yeah. All right. This is not the Geo podcast, although... <laughs> That might be interesting to some people. Yeah, sorry, not not our specialty. I can yeah. promise we won't have a geography episode anytime soon. Definitely not. <laughs> um, all right, guys. I think we just did. This is this is the extent That's of our geography. The most you're gonna get, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any other talking points, or do you want to go into miscellaneous notes before we end this episode? I don't have any other specific things. Same as Dan. Cool. So I'm ready if you are. So allow me to bring up a few notes I took. These are all just funny things. Um, actually, two of them we've already said, which is unfortunate. So I'm just going <laughs> to have to start with... What so, were they? I'm curious. Uh, the peanut one that Carol brought up, which is very funny. And the you know there are euphemisms for this, which just came oh. up naturally. But I want to talk about some of the jokes in this movie, like we've alluded to, that aren't even scripted jokes. They're just like funny visual things. Um obviously like so much of the town just is that but uh i will say also one of my favorite visual gags in this whole movie is how his office door said it used to say abe applebaum kid detective but then as an adult he just got rid of the kid so it says abe (laughs) applebaum and then there's a space and then it says detective but the detective isn't centered and like that little just like graphic design the three stickers Oh my god. Every time we got a shot of the door, it made me so happy. I was like, that is... Whoever the production designer was, give them an Oscar for that choice. That is, like, fucking incredible. Because that was... Was there, like, a close-up on it? Or was it just... No, it's just just... in the background. It's just in the background the whole time. Okay, that makes it funnier. Yes! That makes it even funnier. Because I didn't notice it the entire first time I watched the movie. It was only this time. I caught it. I caught it. Oh my god. I didn't catch it. Until you just mentioned it. What's so funny, though, is that, yeah, it is just in the background. And also, like obviously wasn't scripted like you got to imagine the production designer was just like this will be funny and the director was like oh my god yeah that's funny let's do that it's, it's great it's great oh was that it that was i have another was. one i have another okay. one i have one more i have one more <laughs> which is just um the entire dinner scene where i think it's his aunt and uncle abe's aunt and uncle that come for dinner and abe shows up and he's he's like drunk and his, his mom's like you reek of alcohol like because he's just been drinking the whole day um and just like the the tone of that scene and like this is a really weird pull so stick with me but do you guys know in whiplash you guys have both seen whiplash right yeah yeah 
Oh, that after you talk about this, I have another point to make. Okay, okay. Go on. Okay, so in Whiplash, there's that scene where Miles Teller is at dinner with his dad and his uncle, and his uncle's talking about, like, how successful, like, Miles Teller's cousin is because he's, like, a football star or whatever, and Miles Teller, like, fires back because even though he's, like, a poor artist, he's, like, I am more, like, fulfilled in what I do. And it's, like, this very dramatic scene about, like, like, how do you get fulfillment in life? And this scene is very much the like twisted sibling because it's the same idea and Abe is taking it a hundred percent seriously but everything he's saying in the scene is ridiculous like this is where we get the I've solved over 200 mysteries line which is just like incredible but then also at one point he turns to his dad and he's like do you know who you're talking to and then he smacks the table and he's like I'm Abe Applebaum and he goes on like this this he gives this monologue about like who he is which, like, again, in a in a dramatic movie, in, like, a 1950s detective movie, would have been serious, and he delivers it that way, but everyone at the table is like, the fuck is the matter? Just act like a human being. <laughs> like, nobody acts like this. So I, I think that whole scene is just, like, incredible. An incredible twist on that type of scene that's seen so much in, like, Hollywood movies. Yeah, that scene epitomizes the whole, like, draw of the movie for me, is that, like the the subject matter is that of uh a heavy-handed detective like movie but it's in this environment of everyone staring back at this guy being like what the hell dude like yeah. just get a real job like yeah. drop this whole thing you're so weird um that's the magic for me of this whole movie and that scene that you just brought up is like the perfect definition of it totally What's but, your, uh, you said you had something you wanted to... Yeah, I was just going to say, because you brought up Whiplash. Yeah. I'm just now remembering there was, like, two scenes dedicated to how he's an amazing drummer in this movie. Oh, yeah! yeah there's a drum in the background of his apartment. And there's, yeah, there's a scene of him, like, playing it really well. Was that just because Adam Brody is just a good drummer? And, because, like, I, I just remembered that. I completely forgot about that. Dave Rogowski wasn't the drummer in his band, was he? No, Gilmore Girls. Dan, okay. that's Gilmore Girls. But no, uh, Dave was oh. the guitarist. Because okay, I think so I was gonna say that would be like a really cute nod. Yeah, no, he was the so yeah. Adam Brody's character in Gilmore Girls, I think, was the guitarist of the band. Okay. But when he leaves, that's when Lane's new love interest. Uh, what's his name again? I don't know. I don't care. I hate him. Um, Zach. No, Zach. Oh, yeah. Isn't Zach, Zach the? Zach. Of course, his name's Zach. Is his name Zach? Wait. Or is that the other roommate's name? No, because I think I remember the other roommate saying Zach. Mm, I'm going to look it up. You guys keep talking. We do have the internet at our disposal. I don't know. Yeah, we never look at Zach, but I'm going to look it up. Well, anyway, I didn't mean to... uh, All I wanted to say was (laughs) um, that I... Yeah, I completely forgot about how... I thought that was going to go somewhere. Not that it's a complaint or anything. I just think it's really funny that... There were like two random scenes just dedicated to. Just another way to, to show he's gifted, I guess. I guess, yeah, you're right. Like it's just. But you think that's that it could him. be like stereotypically like violin or something, you know? Yeah, I guess this is like kind of a twist on it. But as a kid, they show that he's just really good with drums, and here he is as a sad adult, still just playing the drums in like his dump of an apartment. So I guess that works too. It's just kind of funny. So in Gilmore Girls, Zach is in fact the guitarist, and Brian is the other roommate. Brian. Okay. Got it. Yep. Very important. Yep. 
Very important. And also, he's which, not the... Who's, which one's Adam Brody? Well, Adam Brody he's is... Dave. Dave. He's Dave. But also, he couldn't have been the drummer because Lane is the drummer in the band. So like, Oh! Yeah, there's no... <laughs> well, I know. Right. <laughs> this article I'm reading shows Lane on the drums, Hilarious. and that's why I was like, oh yeah, there's no way he could have been the, the drummer. Oops. But, oh well. We tried. Do you guys... I'm, I'm all out of miscellaneous stuff, so do you guys have anything... I, you know, I always have weird miscellaneous very good. notes. First one at the very beginning of the movie, we are introduced to him as an adult, and his pee smells. Yes. Later revealed to smell like fish. Why? Great <laughs> what question. What causes that? I don't know. And here's here's I'm having a weird Mandela effect, Carol, because okay, for some reason, I had remembered in the Red Letter Media episode. Um, that they did talking about this, that they had brought that up. Okay. But I rewatched it this time, like yesterday after to prep for this, um, and it didn't come up. So I was like, "That's very weird," because I remember huh. someone bringing that up. So I kind of want to go back and listen to the Kevin Smith podcast with Adam Brody. Okay. Because I think maybe they brought it up there, and maybe it was like something that got deleted, like a setup to a payoff that got deleted in the edit. Um, okay. That's the only thing I can think of because it is like very explicitly said, and like I don't yeah. know why, because like it doesn't really imply anything in particular, other than like well, yeah, because like I I understand that it's kind of just to show like how gross and sad he is, but like it's it is like unnecessarily specific. Like he forgets to brush his teeth later. I feel like that's good enough. You know what yes. I mean? Like. <laughs> We don't also need fishy pee. Also, like, it didn't even have to be, like, he, the joke could have just been about his pee smelling bad. Like, the yeah. fact that they say fishy, like, right? I would think we would get a payoff to that somehow. So there's got to be a deleted no. scene somewhere. But I don't, I don't remember this. It's very early at in all. the movie. Like, yeah, I mean, okay. like, it's not a big plot yeah. point. It's just something I focused on. <laughs> it's like when he goes to the bar the first time. I think it's like the first thing he says. He's like, "Hey, like, is it normal when you oh, okay. have yeah. your pee smell like fish?" Oh, I do. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> also, uh, another just like big ups to the whoever did the props. Uh, when um, Caroline comes and he forgot the day of the week and was late, uh, she's like, "It's okay. I was like reading a magazine, and it's like this like old, super dusted over, crusty magazine that's clearly from like the '90s." Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if she was able to read it. It's like so faded, uh, but that was very good. <laughs> and I like She's been sitting in the waiting room yeah. this whole time. <laughs> and I like oh, when he goes, he goes, "There's some good stuff in there." Yeah. You should, uh, you should... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, I do have a, a point. Actually, I don't know if you would consider this miscellaneous, but sure. I just I really like how it's a joke at the beginning of the movie how the mayor's wife or the ex mayor's wife, oh. I guess, the former mayor's wife hires him to find the cat right yeah and then it turns into this really sad thing of like just please find my cat i'm lonely because she's the one who also lost her daughter in the yes. kidnapping and now her husband has like hanged himself and it's just all these curtains are pulled back and it's just you realize how sad the situation really is and then it also comes back later after the mystery solved where he's like um he's like i found miss gulliver's daughter but i'm pretty sure her cat is dead yeah. 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 Well, even he calls her and he goes, Hey, I found her. And she goes, You idiot, like my cat's a yeah. boy. <laughs> I love that scene. 
I think yeah. that, that was great. such a good scene. I think Adam Brody absolutely kills his part of the performance in that scene. Yeah. Just like, I cannot fucking believe, like, again, like we touched on this, like, trauma that's been weighing over me. It, like, it's done. Like, I, I found her. I can move on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And also a little detail near the beginning of the movie, there's a B-roll shot of a black cat walking along the street, oh. which is probably, it had to have been a reference to her cat. Interesting. Because, like, she says it's a black cat, and the fact that they... So. Fun. But, yeah, that's all my miscellaneous notes, so. Okay. Nice. Well, guys, thanks for talking with me about this movie. I'm glad you guys had the opportunity to watch it. Hope you enjoyed it. I would say, if you made it to this like point of the episode and haven't seen the movie yet, like, it's unfortunate that we spoiled it. Yeah, sorry, we spoiled everything. But, um... I would still watch it. Like, I think, like, it's, like, yeah, we've talked about it, but I had also watched two things where people talked about it before I ever saw it, and I still enjoyed it, and there's still lots of fun to be had along the way, even if you do know the final, final twist. Um, Yeah, I watched it again knowing the final, final twist, and I still really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I would say uh, this is a really strong recommend for me, and also, like, as is the theme with all these episodes and leading into our next episode, which is drumroll... Ingrid Goes West, although I think we already had announced that, um, but whatever. <laughs> Ingrid Goes <laughs> West. With all these movies, like, watch them. They're just really good. Go support, like, good, not IP <clears throat> movies from people that just, like, had a story they wanted to tell. Um, yeah, it's really, really great. Yeah, Better than Licorice Pizza, so fuck yeah. that movie. <laughs> sure, I haven't seen it, <laughs> but I'm so sure. personally angry at not getting so much acclaim. Fuck it. I'm so mad. Watch all Is these that indie, indie movies movie over too? that one. Sorry, Dan? Is that also an indie movie? No, fuck no. Well, I don't think what? so. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, so like, he must have a lot of money. He must have a lot oh, of money. Oh, yeah, okay. And Bradley Cooper's in it for no fucking reason, uh. so he probably had to pay a lot to get what's those people, Like, too. what's it about? Bro. Oh, my what God. What could a movie called Licorice Pizza be about? It's about... That isn't the obvious. One of the Haim sisters, Haim the band... Um, it's her first time acting. Okay. She is a 25-year-old just working um, for, like, a photo t- photographer, like a photo-taking company. And so they're doing school portraits. This takes place in, like, the 70s in uh, Los Angeles. Um, and at this just, like, portrait-taking session, she meets this kid who's, like, flirting with her. Um, and he's, like, an actor, like a kid actor. Um, okay. And he tries to pursue a romantic relationship with her. And she keeps seeing him. And so it's literally just about their relationship over time. And a lot of other random shit happens for no reason um, around that general plot. This sounds awful. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper, like, the the actor kid, like, starts a bunch of businesses. And, like, Bradley Cooper's in it as the boyfriend of Barbara Streisand. So I guess some, like, real famous person. I don't actually know. I didn't look into that part. But he's also, like, like has anger issues and is a sex addict. Like, it's so, so bizarre. Anyway, it's not good. It's, like, beautiful, like, to watch. But, like, dumb plot. I mean, also just, like, very problematic. There's, like, random-ass racist jokes. I don't know. Oh! Do not recommend. That would be... Yeah, they have. It's, like, a really popular character actor fuck i need to look it up because you guys will know him okay but he literally like mary he's this business owner who owns an asian restaurant but he's like white 
uh, and he keeps marrying Japanese women, even though he doesn't know Japanese, and, like, talks to them in Japanese, like, in English with a horrible, offensive, like, Japanese accent. And it's like, Damn, this, this is movie a was made this movie. year. And, like, it's not, like, some, like, quirky, like, we're making fun of making fun of them to yeah, be, like, right. meta-woke. Like, it's so bizarre. Sorry, I'm still looking it up. I just can't talk and type. No, it's so okay. I, I looked up licorice. <laughs> I looked up licorice pizza, and I'm just getting a lot of pictures of food. So <laughs> that's <Okay>. fair. <laughs> oh yeah, also Tom Waits is in it randomly. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. Sean I Penn, really don't know. Also problematic. Very good. Who? Sorry, Sean who is that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, John Michael Higgins is the guy who does the Asian accent. Oh, he sounds familiar. He, (laughs) this is one of uh, his known for movies. He's uh, in Pitch Perfect as one of the judges alongside Elizabeth Banks, if that. Oh, yes, yes. I know this guy, yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he's like, he does small bit parts in like almost everything. So you've seen him at some point. I'm very confident of that. Um, but anyway, that's not important. And like, this isn't the licorice pizza episode. I never want to do a licorice pizza episode. I'm just saying it's horribly overrated. We never will. And done. Okay. <laughs> I'm seeing though, there's this, there's someone with the last name DiCaprio in this movie. It's not Leo DiCaprio. I just didn't think anyone else had the last name DiCaprio. Yeah. It's cool. So cause weird. it's also, uh, the, the son of, uh, what's his name? Hoffman who died. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, it's his son's in it. Nice. Too bad it's oh, a bad movie. Oh, he is movie. actually young. I that I like that a little bit better, but anyway, yeah, down a licorice pizza rabbit hole. But <laughs> nice. Oh, the licorice pizza movie iceberg. Movie too. Okay. Okay, Carol. I have two questions. Actually, I have one question for you, and then I have one question for all of us before we wrap this up. Okay. Okay. My question for you is: In classic previous episodes of this podcast fashion. Have we increased your liking of this movie over the conversation or not? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. nice. Very yeah, good. I was, I was going to say it, but then I was like, I don't know. It's to be expected. I feel like I don't even have to say it. I've never, like, I mean, maybe with, like, Mother, I hated it more after talking about it. But pretty much in every other case. I think we all hated it more I after talking about it. I like the movie more after we discussed. Okay, good. Nice. Nice. Um, now, I would just like to jump off something you said, and maybe we can all go around and say the scene of this movie that reminded us the most of me, since apparently the character <laughs> in this movie reminded you a lot of me. Carol, we'll start with you. Oh, no. Um, you can't put me on the spot like this. At some point when he's holding beer. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. <laughs> this is very niche, but it was literally like, even like a physical reminder not even like your personality but i just remember at one point in the film he was holding a bottle of beer and i was like kind of looks like marco (laughs) nice nice but yeah sorry i don't have a better answer off the top no that's fair just alcohol (laughs) that is a very good answer just for the record marco is not an alcoholic no we think he's an alcoholic we joke about it but it's it's all all jokes we really as a group i think drink very little in comparison to other people oh yeah yes yes yeah totally um do you have one dan yeah i think i would go with the the setup of like thinking he's so clever about the window thing like leave the window open a crack in case you ever need to break back in and then cut to when he actually does crawl back through the window and it's just really clumsy yeah it's like he thinks it's a lot it looks a lot 
like slicker than it actually that is, is. That is me I don't know why. in every aspect of my life of like trying to plan for something and like, yeah, it works, but also like, oof, that did not turn out how I thought it would. Um, I think for me, it is very much the dinner table scene of just like him taking something way too seriously that no one else gives a shit about. That is just like the most me vibes I got watching the movie where yeah. I was like, yeah, I've been, I've been this person at a just shouting table. about something dumb. <laughs> yeah, shouting about something no one yeah. cares about. Yeah, I've been that person. So, yeah. Well, just out of curiosity. Sorry, were you going to say something? Nope, I was just going to go into the outro. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. Ask your question. Do you have an example of like a conversation that at a dinner table that got like that? Oh, I mean, just anything about Batman ever. Batman, <laughs> okay. Planet of the Apes, The West Wing, uh, just any... Uh, just go listen to an episode of this podcast that I hosted, and they basically all have that energy to them. So yeah. there's got always it. There's always a moment in the edit where it's like, oh, we peaked. <laughs> yes, yes. It's Marco shouting about something. Yes, 100%, 100%. This, <laughs> this podcast is... Pro- in fact, most of this podcast is me just being him in that scene so i think i think it's just giving you an environment to be able to do that yeah i think the listeners will appreciate that so thanks again for listening to the feature length podcast if you enjoyed this episode it would mean a lot to us if you like this video give us a rating and review if you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast you can subscribe to our youtube channel make sure you hit the bell to be notified when we post a new video or follow the podcast on spotify if you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us on Instagram at FeatureLengthPodcast or even send us an email at FeatureLengthPodcast at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.